Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hi, survivors. Welcome to another episode of Self-Care for Survivors of Trauma. And tonight I'm talking about feeling to healing because I have learned how to sometimes stop and feel my feelings definitely more than I did in the past and to let those feelings out in the comfort of my own home. No one needs to know that I'm crying. No one needs to know that I am sitting there feeling my feelings. If I want to talk to someone, I can call and talk to that person and share my feelings with them. And now I have trustworthy people around me that I can do that because I know who's trustworthy and who's not. But believe me, six years ago, I did not have the group of friends that I have right now. And I would talk to people that weren't trustworthy of my emotions and that didn't turn out very well and then I would end up even feeling worse and getting shame upon shame and all that kind of stuff. So today that's what I'm talking about is how I learned to feel to heal and really what sparked this is yesterday I came across a quote by Carl Jung. I like his stuff. His he always has good things to say, doesn't he? And here's what it says. The basis of all neurosis is the avoidance of legitimate suffering. The basis of all neurosis is the avoidance of legitimate suffering. I really, really think that is so much truth in that quote. And even today, as I read it again, I had I had referenced the page that I found it in, in a book I was reading. And yesterday, it resonated with me that like, yeah, maybe I'll talk today on the podcast about feeling our feelings and that's how we heal. Um, But then when I read it again today, I kind of saw it in a different way. And the two words that really stuck out to me were legitimate suffering. So this was really, this touches on one of the biggest inhibitors of me feeling my feelings when I was younger was that I did not believe that I had legitimate suffering. Anyone out there whose family said stuff like, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about, or um, what do you have to be upset about? That's what I got a lot as a kid. What do you have to be upset about? You have such a perfect life. And I mean, as a child, most of us, many of us learned that we shouldn't show our disappointments. We should keep it to ourselves. At least I did. Um, if we were verbally abused, like I was a lot of times, I pretended it didn't happen. That was just the way to deal with it in the family. And also, if we're verbally abused by our peers, 
that's the way our society shows us to handle it, right? Or we come back with some kind of other retort, which I'm not good at. So I would just clam up and and take it, you know, because I didn't want to look too sensitive. I didn't want to look stupid. I guess that's the word that came to mind a lot. Like I thought I looked stupid if I felt things and I'm a deeply feeling person and I didn't know that when I was younger but now I know that and now I know that crying is something that I have in my toolbox or it's one of the things that I do on a weekly basis yeah I can't imagine there goes a week by where I don't cry at least a tiny bit for a couple seconds It just is the way I am. There's always stuff going around, stuff happening in life that it's hard, right? Life is challenging. So those were the message I got when I was a kid. And so I just clammed up. And so therefore, when we were abused, when I was abused, I learned how to just stuff it in. When I was sexually abused, I learned how to just stuff my feelings away and pretend like it didn't happen. Right. So then later on in life, when things even less than that, of course, I was able to hide those because I was able to hide some of the biggest things for years and years and years. And as now we know that those things don't keep undercover for our whole life, especially if we have kids, they start leaking out onto our children in ways that we didn't expect. And they start ruining our life in other ways as we try to have relationships as adults. So that's why it is so important to feel to heal and to believe that my suffering is legitimate, to believe that my pain does matter. It doesn't matter how small other people think it is. For me, I can allow myself to feel it and try not to judge it. And I can do that in, like I said, the privacy of my own house. I'm not going to invite my mom over and cry about something because I know how that's going to go and she's not the person, you know, that's so there are certain friends that we can cry around and there are certain friends we can't and um, there's times when we want to do it alone. I always um, was told that I was over dramatic, and then I expected myself to not be dramatic. Like that's how I labeled it. If if I was having feelings about something, I, I now to this day even sometimes are like, why am I being so dramatic? Or that's kind of the feeling that comes to my head. Like, am I being over dramatic when I have a feeling about something and I have to kind of do that self-talk where I say, no, you're not being dramatic. It's okay to feel upset about this. Let's just let it out. Um, I was called sensitive all the time. I got called moody a lot by a person in my family and a snowflake by another person in my family. So those don't feel good. Um, But now I have friends that would never use those terms with me. And thank goodness I'm a mom that doesn't say that kind of stuff to my child. I've learned that I have a very sensitive child too. And he picks up on every single thing, every little nuance that goes on. And I would never call him over dramatic or sensitive. Like, I can see what he's been through. And I guess because I'm a sensitive person, I get it. But 
there I have met a couple other more sensitive people than me in my life. That's rare, but I do have one adult friend and then I do know a child. Actually, probably I've met a few children that are more sensitive than than me and my son. But it is still pretty rare. But I think of those people and it gives me a place to practice my humility, right? Because now I see they're feeling that way that I'm feeling they're too sensitive. And I don't say that, but like I can hear it in my head being like, wow, that person's really sensitive, you know? And, but you know what? That's their experience. And I know how that feels when people call me over dramatic or stuff like that. And I don't ever want to do that to another person. And it's just completely wrong. It's like, why are we labeling how other people feel? It's really none of our business. And if our, if their feelings are bothering us that much, then we need to check our own feelings and figure out what to do to manage our own feelings if someone else's sensitivities are bugging us that much. Like that's starting to be enmeshed or codependent if we can't handle another person having their feelings. So what's up with that, right? Like why am I uncomfortable with that person's discomfort? I wanted to mention one other thing that happened a few years ago that meant something to me. I guess, yeah, this was about, it was the beginning of the pandemic, and I met a diff, my tapping therapist, and this was before I knew him or before I had had sessions with him individually, and he had come to a church I was, I was going to at the time, and we were doing like this little, he was doing a presentation in front of the people that decided to go to his little thing after church, and so, you know, there was probably 30 people there. And he was talking to people in the audience and telling us to like put our hands over our hearts and like talking about some of the tapping techniques. And one of the things that he talked about was if we put our hand over our heart, you can kind of feel around on your heart and there's like a really sensitive spot. It's like uh, he calls it, I can't remember what he calls it. Um, But if you feel around, like right now, if you take your hand and feel around on your heart, you'll find a really sensitive spot there. And a lot of times he'll have us start the tapping with feeling that sensitive spot. And he was also talking about how when our chakras are out of alignment, you know, we might have like chest pain or we might have, and he was talking about like the other areas that we might have pain in our body. And I had remembered that a lot of times I'll be doing yoga or at that time I had been doing yoga and I'd have to stop all of a sudden because I'd have such a pain in my chest. And I think I raised my hand. Other people were asking about things like this. And I raised my hand and I said, I feel a lot of pain right here. Like I kind of pointed to like my breastbone, like the middle of my chest. I said, I have a lot of pain right here sometimes when I'm doing yoga or, um, you know, just still for a while. And he said, well, that means that you are out of alignment, you know, your chakras out of your alignment. And then later on, when I saw him one on one, he said, I didn't say it in front of the group, but you know that that's really the sign of a broken heart. And when he said that, it just helped me kind of allow myself to feel like my suffering was legitimate for the first time in certain way. 
and I was going through a lot of drama with my family then um, when I was trying to set boundaries with them. I've talked before on here about how I had asked my mom for a while to that I just didn't want to spend a lot of time um, with her for a while, that I'd see her at family events and stuff like that, and I needed to take a break from, you know, texting and calling, and I wasn't going to be available for those kind of things for a while. And that year was very hard um, because my parents were really upset that I took a step back from the family, and um, that was a really hard time for me, and I had a lot of grieving to get through. And what that means to me is I noticed that I had a lot of crying to do. Like I would get home from work and at that time I had some time before I had to pick up my son. So I'd come home and a lot of times I'd spend a little, a few minutes crying and, and hugging my pillows in my bed and just letting some of that grief out about detaching from my family And so when this man, the tapping doctor, told me that I had a broken heart, I mean, I just, I put two and two together and it reminded me of the grief I was going through with my family. And did I have a broken heart? Yes, I had a total broken heart and I pieced it back that it had to do with my family. It really felt like it did. It felt like I had a broken heart because as I mentioned here before, you know, I felt like even though my family does a lot of stuff for me physically and I know they care, they just are not quite able to show love for me at times. And my mom especially, that she isn't able to accept me for who I am, or at least that's how I feel in my heart of hearts. That's how my inner child feels, that she's not accepted for who she is, you know, as being the very sensitive person that I am. I don't feel seen and heard by my family in that way. And that did break my heart as a kid. And it does break my heart. Now I'm kind of pretty much over it, I think. I think I did a lot of my healing and feeling in that way. And thank goodness I don't feel anger or stuff like that at this moment, you know, I think I'm doing pretty well realizing that my family, they're just different from me and we can still coexist and enjoy each other's company at times and get along okay. At least it seems like it's going to be working. But do I need to tend to my broken heart and do I need to feel my legitimate suffering? Yes. Um, To be able to feel my suffering, I have to own my awareness of my suffering. I have to be aware that I am suffering and own that it's mine, that this is true suffering, that I have legitimate suffering. And that's how I can heal my feelings. The basis of all neurosis is the avoidance of legitimate suffering. So what are those places of legitimate suffering that you have been denying, that you have been stuffing down, that someone told you were not worthy of feeling because they said that it wasn't enough, that maybe you were too sensitive. Do you have places like that? Anytime I feel suffering, it's legitimate. 
there's a part of me that needs healing is what it's telling me. So I hope that gives you a tidbit today to chew on and I hope you can be a little kinder and more compassionate with yourself today and let those feelings heal. Take care. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.